Hello and welcome back to One for Paul, the show where I, a non-pop culturist, get inducted into the world of pop culture by friends, comedians, and nemeses. Joining me today is my friend, Sam Killy. That's right. And, and uh, I'm back. <laughs> you are back again, again, because last time we did part one of My mm -hmm. Neighbor Totoro. One of my favorites. That's right. Thank you for joining us on this part two. Where did we leave off? We left off um, just as, unfortunately, the girls, Satsuki and May, had found out that their mum cannot come home. And May is throwing a tantrum as a four-year-old would. What else are you going to do as a four-year-old? I mean, you Show don't understand me those emotions. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, that is where we left off. Back at the Kusakawa household, this is Satsuki's uh, and May's last name. I only just heard it this one time, I think. Maybe twice in the whole mm. movie. Yeah. The two sisters are napping in different rooms. May surrounded by blocks. Trying to distract herself, bless her. Suppose so. And Granny shows up to help them with the chores. Yeah. Seems like it was just a little cold, and their mum will be back next Saturday, right? Definitely. Definitely next Saturday. Yeah. It's not like Satsuki's heard that before. Yeah. Like a lot of times. Bless her. It's just a cold, they said. It'll be just a few more days. But Satsuki has noticed a pattern. Mm hmm And she has understood that, hey, maybe she's being lied to. Yeah. And it gets a bit dramatic. It gets a bit dramatic, and it's another mm. one of these moments where I'm like, bless you, Granny, you're trying, but do not tell the child who thinks that their parent might die yeah. that, hey, she couldn't die because you are pretty. Yeah. That seems like a destructive thing to tell to anybody. It, uh, yeah, it's not the uh, most comforting thing to hear, is it? It wouldn't comfort me, even though no. I am extraordinarily pretty. I mean, you need to hear it once in a while, Paul, but not in that setting. No, not when I'm feeling like someone might die. Yeah, definitely not. Ooh. But, you know, again, I can give her a pass because Granny is trying her best here. Definitely. She's she's kind of taken on these two girls. She's their neighbor. Yeah. Yeah, you know, tight-knit community, I guess. And the mm. Granny's just like, yeah, I'm everyone's Granny. It's fine. I'm the town's yeah. Gran. I think it is very accurate. That she is the town's grand. I've never lived in a small town that had that sort of thing. I've lived in small towns where they had, like, the opposite of that, where people just mm. wouldn't talk to one another. Yeah. I've I've never really lived in it. Like, I'll talk to my neighbours. Mm. Maybe. But I don't have that, no. This is where maybe, again, it's different in Japan or was different in mm. the 50s. I don't know. A uh, different culture to mine that I have so Definitely. little experience in, and I've read some books, so... But yeah. Unfortunately, May sees this. Yeah, May sees this. Mm. And her resolve hardens, and she puts on her little sandals with the, with the back straps underneath her heels, because of course... <laughs> she doesn't put them on properly, bless her. Why would you? You're just walking all the way to the hospital, probably, because she gets that face on. The face that we've <laughs> seen, the determination. Yeah. And she starts walking. 
I I she think she brings with her her cob corn. Yeah. Because I think she's never maybe seen her sister upset about what's happening. And she's like, oh no, it's upsetting my sister. I must do something about this. Either that or stop crying. I'm going to do something. Yeah, definitely. Cut to later in the day when they can't find where May is. Oh no, not again. <laughs> if she really did try to walk all the way to the hospital, that's like a three-hour walk for grown-ups. Yeah. Thus begins the search as Satsuki runs down the road asking people she finds whether they've seen May, but to no avail. No. Could I? I just need to point out some more wonderful sound design. It's not silence. Mm -hmm. It's gentle meadow sounds, which in yes. another context might emphasize how open and beautiful and vast this place is. In this case, it does emphasize how vast this place is and how empty it is. Mm -hmm. In a way that May emphasizes how impossible their task will be to find this little girl in this huge wilderness. It, it really does emphasize that. Like that scene where it's a wide shot and she's running down the road. Yeah. And all you see are fields upon fields and you're like, May could be in any one of those fields. Yeah. It like, is very good. The sound designers yeah. on this film. Mwah. Perfect. Yeah. Masterful. Chef's kiss. Love it. So good. It's nearly sunset as an increasingly desperate Satsuki keeps running all the way to the shrine that uh, we've seen several times mm -hmm. uh, along the road at this fork in the road and stops a motorbike by standing directly in front of it. She literally risks her life, which is yeah. another very dramatic scene, but Maybe these people wouldn't have stopped otherwise. Maybe not. Seems like they've just come from the hospital and they didn't mm -hmm. see May along the road. No. And they're also surprised about how far away that it would have been. Saying like a four-year-old got this far. Jesus, well, good luck. Yeah. The thing that gets me about this couple is you don't want to offer her a ride, maybe? Yeah, I guess it's the 50s. Look. I guess it's the 50s. You could offer a child a ride without feeling weird about it. Yeah, like, I just feel like they could have, they didn't even say, oh, well, we'll keep looking for you. Mm. Like, they just drove off. To be fair, it isn't really their thing. It's no. not their business, I guess. So, very true. They're within their rights to be like, well, shit, that sucks. Good luck, man. I hope that yeah. works out for you. And then getting on their way. Very true. They're not connected to the community here. They're just driving. No. They're just driving through. I don't see them as bad people, but you're right. Like, oh, you definitely not. If this were a Western film, then everyone she meets would be like, you're in an emergency? We'd better help because you are the protagonist. And that is what we do. Yeah. Like, well, no, not everybody's going to help the protagonist because the protagonist doesn't have a close relationship with everybody they meet. Yeah, it's very true. It is. Um, It does give it a feel of like normality mm. in a way that not everyone is helping. Why would they? It's not their business. Yeah. They can certainly... I don't read the news and go, I must help every person in here. Oh, definitely. It would be unreasonable to try to do that even. Yeah, it wouldn't be... Um, I can't think of the word I'm trying to say. Feasible. It wouldn't be feasible. You can't do it. And it's perfectly... Anyway, we're restating ourselves a lot here, but that's the... That's where I come down on it. Yeah. Uh, Kanta, riding on his dad's bike... 
or like on the side of his dad's bike because he's not big enough to get all the way over the bike. It's so good. I looked I looked at that and thought, did I was I ever that smart when I was a kid that I would be able to do this? Because that's a I smart have way been able to do it. To. I definitely wouldn't have been able to. Smart kid. Yeah. So he rides up and says to her, uh, nobody's found her yet. Have you found anything? We did find a sandal in the middle of a pond. But oh, Jesus. But we don't know if it's maize. So Satsuki, exhausted and with sore feet from running, takes off her sandals and continues to run as fast as she can back home. Kanta, you have a bicycle, mate. Yeah. Let her get on the bike. Lend her the bicycle? I was thinking the exact same thing. She needs to get somewhere very quick, and she's your neighbor, so if she doesn't give it back, you know where she lives. Yeah. I'm like, where is he going on that bike? Not sure, but he doesn't lend oh, it to her, she runs. I think he says, I'm going to go to the hospital. I guess that's right. He also has somewhere to be very yeah. quickly. Yeah. I guess when everybody's got to be where they got to go quickly, mm. everybody's got to go fast. Yeah, especially in this scene. Meanwhile, at the pond, Granny is praying over the sandal they found as the search party searches the pond. Oh, God. This scene, like, it does make your heart sink a little bit. I was fully expecting that that's where May would be. Yeah. Because, again, Western films have taught me to think cynically. The first time I watched it, I was, which was many years ago, I was like, oh my God, no, I'm not dealing with this. Yeah. <laughs> but I had to keep watching. Yeah. So when Satsuki arrives, completely out of breath, they mm-hmm. present her the sandal and say, is this May's sandal? And she confirms that the sandal is not May's. Much to everyone's relief. And this little animation yeah. of granny and satsuki collapsing to their knees Mm -hmm. for quite different reasons but also the same reason yeah pretty good it's really good and the guy like shouting across the the (laughs) because of course it's like okay we gotta keep searching guys she's not in the water we think but she's still missing should we let's keep going let's keep their momentum going come on fellas which yeah good yeah, definitely. Good. Search party is doing their job. Yeah, and what I'm wondering is, I don't think the dad has any idea that his daughter is missing. Uh, isn't he at the, at the hospital? He's at the hospital. He's at the Why hospital. would he know what's going on? Exactly. He was at work, and then he went to the hospital on his way home. Yeah. Why I'm would he like, know? Th- there are no phones. There is one phone in the whole village. That's crazy, isn't it? But that's how it used to be. I'm trying to think because 50s in like North America, we had phones, mm. right? We had rotary phones, we had whatever. Japan, yeah. rural Japan, mm. not sure. I, I don't know how technology sort of spread yeah. through Japan in the post-war period. Mm. Same. So, but you know, listen, it's Ghibli. I imagine they're accurate, right? Yeah. I imagine that in 1958, they were using these 20s style phones that you would call the operator and do whatever, right? Yeah. Definitely. But yeah, like, how would he know? This is why I love stuff set pre, mm-hmm. pre-mobile pre phone, because it has it gets me remembering, oh, right, 
we used to have to go places. To tell people things. When I wanted to tell someone something, I I had options like call the place I think they're likely to be at, or yeah. find them in one of the other places. Yeah. But no. <laughs> no, <laughs> not this time. Can't do that. You can't call May where you think she is. You don't know where she you think she is. Oh, bless her. Yep. And of course, if she got lost on the way between here and the hospital, then your insight that she might have gone to the hospital doesn't really mm -hmm. help that much. No. So they start uh, now. Now is the time where someone says, maybe we should call the police? Mm. Again, I don't know police culture in 1958 Japan. So maybe like in the first scene, even they were like, oh, good. That's not a police officer. We're fine. So maybe they're yeah. worried about the police. I don't know how that works exactly, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna cast. I don't know either. It. Yeah, maybe people didn't trust him. Maybe whatever. But like now that they're maybe looking at a dead kid, they're like, we should call mm. the police and tell them what's up. Yeah. But Satsuki has a different idea. Totoro. You know that guy who's the title of the movie title. Let's bring him back. Let's get the title movie man. Spirit. Troll thing. She goes yeah. to Totoro's tree. And there, the, the soot sprites don't scatter really quite as far as they did before. They just sort of let her go through. Yeah. Which is, that's thematically really nice. Like, the spirits mm. know these guys and they're like, oh, it's Satsuki. Cool. She's cool. Yeah. It is beautiful to watch. Mm -hmm. The relationships develop. In that way. She walks through the tunnel and then runs through the tunnel and trips over. <sighs> Is it possible to go through this tunnel without tripping? No. I think it's a law. It's not. I think you're not permitted to go through this tunnel and just sort of climb down on the other side. You have to fall down on the other side because otherwise, how are fall. you going to land on straight on top of a sleeping Totoro? You have to fall to land on Totoro. You absolutely do. Otherwise, how will you fall on him? <laughs> and she asks Totoro for help. I love his sleepy eyes whenever someone wakes him up. His eyes change shape and orientation and placement over and over, and it's very uncanny, and it makes me uncomfortable, and also, yes, I love it. I, I just think it's very cat-like. It is a bit, isn't it? Mm. So she asks Totoro for help, and then the two run directly vertically upward the tree on, on the tree mm -hmm. and i think the most whimsical sort of <laughs> animation yeah. i've seen so far it's just totoro bounds vertically up the tree because of course the he does. inside of the tree is incredible it's so I must good say i kind of just want a painting of that yeah i just want to live in it mm. rain might be an issue oh yeah maybe put a riff on it maybe yeah all the leaves help with that but then why would he have an umbrella? So he's at the top of the tree. He is. And here comes our faithful friend. Catbus! Yeah! Catbus. <laughs> what a cool cat. What a... Oh. Oh, you did it. <laughs> you did the thing. I did the thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> Turns out... Well, first of all, she gets into the cat bus, and mm -hmm. I don't know whether that looks nice or not, 
she steps into the cat bus and I'm like, she's sinking like a full foot into that cat with her feet. Is that hurting the cat? It must not be because Totoro's got to be way heavier. I guess so. I guess the cat's just super squishy. Yeah. And the seats are also super squishy. The seats look so comfy. And the doors are also super squishy. Everything's squishy. I don't think that's this bus has a crumple zone. I think it has a squish zone. Definitely. A squish area. <laughs> oh, God. Also, the bus can change its destination to anywhere, but I guess also anyone, because mm-hmm. magic. Yet earlier, Totoro still needed to wait at the bus stop. He did. Could the bus not just go to Totoro? I don't know. Maybe Totoro called the bus and was like, look, I'm going to be at this bus stop because I need to go see these girls. I don't think it's a bus. I think it's a taxi. But then also it's a bus. It shows up at the bus stop at like some time, I guess. Yeah, maybe there is a regular time for it as well as you can call upon it. Is the cat bus a bus driver who does Uber on the side? 100%. Might be that. Side hustle. Mm, Side hustle. Mm. But never mind all of that. As the cat bus moves, the trees part to let it pass, and it runs across the high-voltage electrical lines. Turns out nobody can see the bus, because if they could, I think we'd have a couple of additional lines about the cat bus. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Cut to May. It's a bit terrifying. It would be a bit terrifying looking up and seeing that. Ah, uh, it's several ton buses hanging out on the electrical cables again. Guess nobody <laughs> gets to cook their tea today. <laughs> this thing is insane. It is. I'm not sure what I get what the advantage of like walking across the electrical cables is, but I guess it just likes it. It either likes it or it's like so it's not on the roads. Maybe. Maybe flying is just real hard to do. Hmm. Cut to May at another of these guardian shrine things, uh, crying and exhausted. At least they found her. And it turns out she did not. She did, in fact, want to bring her corn to her mum at the hospital. Yeah. If only they had some sort of cat bus which could fly them there. <gasps> dun dun dun. Well, I guess they the have to go home does- now. I love the way the cat bus changes. It's pretty good. It just changes the little thing on the front and goes like, oh, you want to go to the hospital? Cool, let's go. He's like, oh, I heard you say this. I wonder if it's like an Alexa style thing. Oh, it just hears you? It just hears you say something. Cat bus. And then sometime later, hospital. And it goes, aha, that's where you want to go. I understand now. (laughs) That would be pretty great. <laughs> Cut to their mum and dad in the hospital. Turns out their mum actually is not doomed, I guess, and is fine. Nope. It was just a cold. Yeah, she's absolutely fine. I did not see that coming. Really? I legitimately thought they were going to get there and she's dead. Oh, I don't see. I don't. I mean, Ghibli has done dark things in the in other films. Western movies have taught me. That it's not dramatic unless a parent dies. Or the movie starts with the parent dead. Frickin' Disney. 
The parent always dies. Always. Always. It's the rules. Can't break the rules. No. Uh, The girls arrive, and from a tree overlooking their mum's window, they see that she's alive and doing okay. And I absolutely love this shot of them Mm -hmm. with the cat bus hanging out like this weird, creepy spider giant. Me too. And they're just like, this is perfectly normal. It's like, we're in a tree. Yeah, they leave May's corn on the windowsill, and it's got the words, to mommy, scratched Mm -hmm. into the husk of the corn, as Satsuki and May ride the cat bus all the way home. I love the cat bus. The triumphant end theme plays. Granny hugs May, Satsuki and Kanta are friends now, and Totoro plays his flute and enjoys his umbrella. As the end credits treat us to a montage of various 1950s childhood scenes that didn't make mm-hmm. it into the main movie. Yeah. Including a few which make it clear that their mum is actually fine, at least for a while. Mm-hmm. That's the end of the movie. It's so beautiful. And there is um, a seat, one of those images I really love, which is the mum reading in bed to the girls. That is good. And she's reading um, Billy Groat's Gruff, which is apparently <laughs> yeah. the troll book. That, that is the troll book. Satsuki references to Totoro. I didn't get that, but I yeah. totally get that now. And a couple yeah. of things just clicked and I love it. Yeah, it's beautiful. That was so wonderful to watch. Yay, I'm so glad you liked it. I kept trying to find, if this episode is light on jokes and light on snark, it's because I kept trying desperately to find anywhere I could make a snarky observation or poke Mm -hmm. fun at a visual element or an inconsistency or like anything that could, the tone and the subject matter and the film's respect for its characters and it's completely believable way they portray how children think and feel and even move is about just it's so wonderful and pure i could not bring myself to be snarky about anything in this film you just can't it's so joyful how could you i like i can't make jokes about it i feel bad making jokes about it because if i do it's just gonna be mean and I don't want to be because Totoro is super lovely. I I adore him. I have for many years. I watch this movie any time of emotion I'm feeling. I'll watch it because it just brings me joy. I totally see that. I guess I yeah. knew I knew going in that Totoro, like the character, was going to be a good guy because mm-hmm. it. it it is so penetrated into pop culture that even I, the non-pop culturist, have some idea about it. Yeah. And, you know, had I not known that, though, scenes like his introduction where we get that shot from the inside of the mouth, it, mm-hmm. it would have felt way more threatening. Like, oh, yeah. they're befriending a monster. Yeah. And to be clear, well, when... sorry, and, and to be clear, did in fact feel threatening still in a sort of, I don't have a read on this thing way, like mm-hmm. trying to figure out if a giant dog is friendly or not. But this dog <laughs> has like powers. He's cool. Turns out. I, I'm also reminded of just how much human drama there can be in simple plots. Yeah. Uh. 
so like this movie about a giant plush spirit bunny who likes umbrellas ends up having a very grounded plot, even as compared to most films aimed at older audiences, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Definitely, I agree. And um, when it was first proposed, it was actually rejected. Oh, yeah? Because it was set in Japan, and it was set in, like, rural Japan, and it was real. Um, And back then, films were set in, like, an imaginary world, and it was either about a girl with superpowers or a male hero. But this film was real. Apart from the spirits, it had a very... Like real storyline, mum's in hospital, moving closer to her, child goes missing. Like that, there's so real they didn't, drama in that though. Yeah. They didn't think it would do well, and it actually didn't when it got made. Um, but now it's just become this huge thing because it's amazing. Huh. Yeah. It was a box office flop. Really? I didn't realise. And they featured it alongside um, another Ghibli film. So they did a a two-part movie kind of thing. Oh, so this was the B-movie. Kind of, yeah. To get more views. And that's what I've read about it anyway. But now, like, it's big. I mean, I've got the novel in front of me here. Was it a novel first? Is that what it was? It wasn't. So um, the original story and art is by Heo um, Miyazaki. And then the novel, and I cannot pronounce their name, I'm afraid. Um, I think it's Tsukio Kubo. Okay. Um, has done the novel and the artwork for it is beautiful. Wonderful. I got my copy in Forbidden Planet, but I think you can get it in quite a few places. Yeah, I don't mind shouting out Forbidden Planet. They're a good shop. They're really. I've got some great stuff in Forbidden Planet over the years. We're not advertising them. No, I, not I just sponsored. don't mind shouting. Not sponsored, but also I don't <laughs> mind shouting them out. They're good. No, uh, I, I could see that. I could. I could see people saying, in a world where the most popular anime is like um, Astro Boy, and after mm-hmm. that, it's things like you've got a couple of the old school Magical Girl anime, I guess. And anime is about, like, superheroes and fighting evil and all of that. And then here's this story about two little girls moving to a new place and learning. When I'm thinking about what the movie is about, though, that's where I'm wondering. I, I think if the movie is about something, it's about how magical the world is. And how children clearly can see that. Yeah. I agree with that. But also, the spirits aren't presented as mere childish imaginings, but as tangible objects in the world acting in Mm -hmm. real ways on the world around them. Yes. Like, Totoro makes things grow for real. The cat bus causes the wind to blow. The reason the attic is dirty is because there's soot sprites up there. The the idea these ideas are taken seriously by the adults in the story because at a certain mm-hmm. level this is a film which seems to me uh, in my cursory understanding seriously rooted in Shinto. I agree with that. I would say um, there's bits like obviously this grandma saying she saw the soot sprites when she was young. Uh-huh. Um, 
it, the adults definitely, I think, believe in the same things that the little girls are seeing. And even though they can't see them themselves, they know they're there. Mm. Like when they are playing the music in the tree and the dad can hear it. That's really beautiful. That's true, yeah. Mm. Though again, like those sounds exist. And sometimes it's you, you just have to spend a bit of attention noticing, right? Definitely. Like you and I are both uh, sound engineers, right? Like how many times have you heard something really cool and you say to people, man, you hear that? And they go, wait, what? Or man, don't you oh. love the trumpet part in that song? And they go, what trumpet part? And then you play it to them yeah. and they go, oh, that song has a trumpet in it. <laughs> that has happened to me, yeah. Especially with um things like, obviously I used to play bass a lot. Mm. Um, and I'd be like, oh, I love this bass line. And they would be like, what do you mean? I'd be like, this part. And they play it to them but, and they um, go, oh, that was there the whole time? Yeah, that, there's, there's definitely layers that some people don't hear. That's a lot of what this movie feels like to me. It's like, mm. wait, th this was here the whole time? Yeah. And all of the adults are like, yeah, totally. It's there all of the time. But we're adults and we have stuff to do. And like we had to grow up at some point and we can't really see it anymore. But it's still there. The magic of the world and of nature and of trees and of the sound of the wind flowing through the branches of a camphor like it, mm -hmm. it all exists but we have stuff to do and if you're eight then you're you're super lucky because you still get to experience all of this stuff yeah that's what i was getting out of it but i also don't understand shintoism and don't claim to i'm reading books about it but i don't understand and it's uh kind of fun to not understand frankly i'm getting yeah, a, I a little peek really... into a culture that i'm not familiar mm. with i haven't really read up on it but i definitely want to do more on just Japanese culture in general as well. That's where I'm trying to figure out, is this like Japanese culture, the movie, or is this Shintoism as one aspect of that, the movie? And in the fifties, are those the same thing? I, I don't, don't know. Would... I, I don't Maybe... know. Maybe there are interviews um, with the creators, which might answer some of these questions. I'll have to check that out because uh, going mm. through my reviews, because I'm really only looking at the film, uh, maybe I'm missing some stuff, right? And also because I'm not Japanese and haven't been to Japan, uh, maybe I'm missing some stuff. In fact, I'm certain I must be missing some stuff. Yeah. Here's the thing that I don't think I'm missing. I am real happy... And refreshed, frankly, to see a good father and good husband represented in a film. Yes, 100%. Especially one aimed at children. He is so lovely to these girls, and you see it every moment they spend together. Like, and... it's almost hokey, but it's believable. Mm. Like, being a dad is, like, very hokey. I know a number of dads, and them around their kids are like, well, I get to be silly and childish now, because of course I do. Great. Oh, definitely. He seems like a legitimately good man, and he loves his family, and he loves his wife, and he does his best by them, and he's dealing with a lot, frankly. His wife's in hospital, yeah. and he's got two children who are really having a tough time with it. It's and then he's a, he works like in a museum as well. It's well, university, he's a lecturer. I guess so. So he spends a number of his days lecturing at the university in mm -hmm. Tokyo. 
And then he goes and uh, spends his time. So he's commuting probably like hours. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You know, and he did that for his family. And I love that this is being represented. Mm hmm. And again, maybe that's like a Western culture thing where we sort of go like, oh, dads, who needs them? And everyone should yeah. be saying, uh, most people probably would benefit from having a good one. Yeah, definitely. Good dads are great. I agree. Controversial statement. Good dads are good. <laughs> like, I don't, you know what I mean? I do know what you mean. Uh, I'm also impressed by how they didn't go for the obvious style Disney tearjerk thing where like, oh no, my parents are dead or dying or about to die. Mm-hmm. Or like, that's going to be act two is my mom's going to die. And that's going to be the yeah. thing. You don't have to go to that kind of extraordinary length. You could just be may didn't run away from home. She wants to go see her mom and that causes the conflict and you can't yeah. blame her for that. Right? No. To be honest, first time I watched it, and I have watched it I, every time May is missing and they think she's drowned. I know. I already know because I've seen it so many times that she hasn't. But I still tear up a bit. I'm like, oh, no. No, this isn't okay. <laughs> I watched the movie twice because that's what I do to prep for the show. Mm-hmm. This The second viewing still was like, oh, no, I hope she's okay. I know yeah. exactly what's going to happen. We know what's happening. I could not know. I have experienced this yesterday. But nonetheless, it's it's effective. Yeah, very effective. And I can't really end this without praising, again, the wonderful sound design. Mm -hmm. It's subtle. It changes how the rain sounds in super tiny ways over the film it changes how the wind sounds depending yeah. on how the characters are feeling because it's not about how the sound actually should sound objectively with a microphone. It's how the character is feeling that changes the experience of the sound in real life. So when you need it, it's, it's, oh, these people understand everything about the thing that I do and I love it. I, I really enjoy the sound. The rain is my favorite because you probably remember a bit this about me. I will sit and listen to rainfall quite happily for hours. I have sat with a microphone just beside me on a porch mm-hmm. for like an hour recording rain. Yep. One of my favorite experiences. I love the sound of fire crackling. Um, that's what I did for one of my sound projects at uni um that's what you did for one of your sound projects mm -hmm. i recorded um fire crackling that's a good one and then changed the pitch of the crackling as the temperature of the fire changed Ooh, that's a good one it's actually on soundcloud it's the one thing from uni i put on soundcloud oh you'll have to sound of it that's really good i was proud um i was proud of it but um it's quite a long track but it was really send fun it to, to me. make send it to me i'll totally listen it sounds like one of I those things you could throw up on it. youtube with one of those pictures of a like a little looping video of a fire for 10 hours and be like look you probably could put this on at christmas because you, you don't have a could. fireplace but you do have a television i have a woodwick candle which sounds like a fireplace <laughs> But yeah, for real, thank you for having me watch this movie, particularly as uh, we do so at the end of 2020, beginning of 2021, after a very difficult year. Yeah. I'd, I'd sort of forgotten what 
joy feels like and this is joy this is such a good movie this is absolutely one of my favorite experiences watching a film ever it is top arbitrary number now i'm so glad because obviously the other film i got you to watch was uh very different it was super different i'm glad i watched it i'm glad that i've Mm. seen it but i don't understand why you like it (laughs) and no one ever will but you understand why I like this. <laughs> oh, I understand why you like this. This is just so... The word wholesome is becoming a meme, but it is what I mean. Mm. The last time I watched it, apart from yesterday, was um, at the Somerset House cinema screening. Mm. And it was the subbed version. And it, that actually made a lot of people leave, which was quite surprising. Really? People left when they realized it wasn't in English. But I got really excited because I was like, I've actually never watched it in Japanese. And this was the best part. It was tipping it down. Well, that's... We were outside watching Totoro in Japanese in the rain. That's kind of wonderful. And it was beautiful. I guess my closing thought is, uh, mm-hmm. if a film could house a kami, then the one that lives in this film must be really nice. Mm. Like, Totoro might yeah. live in Totoro. Yeah. Anyway, I loved it. So, I mean, unless you have more stuff to talk about, then, hey, that's the end of the episode. I don't, I don't think so, other than, like you said, if you need some joy at the start of this year, sit down, get a nice blanket, and just watch Totoro. It's very good. Yeah. I've enjoyed it, at least. Well, thank you for joining me, Sam, on this episode of One for Paul. Thank you for having me. Uh, Now, where can we find your stuff? What do you do on the internet? Um, I have got a Etsy account um, where I sell, I guess you could call it like pixel kind of creations. I use hammer beads, um, which some people might remember from their childhood. Um, and make like key rings, earrings, but I can also make bigger pieces, which you can see on my Instagram, um, at Killy Crafts for both of those. I have definitely been to at Killy Crafts on Etsy and seen your stuff and it's super impressive. Thank you. I like it. And probably if you're listening, you will also like it. Check it out. Thank you. You're very welcome. And if you'd like to follow me, you can do that at one for Paul on Twitter. Or if you'd like to throw me a couple of bucks, maybe as little as one buck a month, you can do that on patreon.com slash one for Paul, or just search me on the crowdfunding platform Patreon, and you'll probably find one for Paul there. Or if you don't, then their algorithm is weird. Thank you for joining me. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Cat bus! Yay!